Welcome to the Word of Grace podcast. As a community, we exist to love on God with all that we are and to share His grace with everyone. If you want to connect with us more, head to social media or wordofgracechurch.com. Here's today's episode. I want to talk to dads in the room today, but as we open the Word together, I believe that probably there's a little bit of something for everybody um, in what the Lord laid on my heart today. And I want to start here, if we can turn to Ephesians chapter 6. A great, great passage in scripture. Right at the beginning, there's something here that's going to encourage dads, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about the part that's a little more difficult for us as dads. Ephesians chapter 6 says this, children, obey your parents. Dads are like, yes, we're going there. All right. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. And it says this, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. Something about that encourages us as dads. And if we're honest as dads in the room today, that last little bit can sometimes be our challenge, right? How do we raise up these little ones in the Lord without getting exasperated by all the things we're trying to figure out as dads? I want to be real about our calling as fathers today. And especially looking at fatherhood in 2023. And then I want us to look at some some truths from God's word to challenge us and inspire us this morning. Amen? Let's pray and we're going to get into this. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you are the ultimate example for us of a father. And that your heart for us knows no bounds. Your love is so deep. Father, we pray that you would just continue to download that heart into every one of us in the room, especially dads. This morning, as we look to you, we pray, Lord, that you'd speak to us this morning. Move us, challenge us, change us by your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 So oftentimes on Father's Day, we'll show a video. This is some adorable little clips that we've taken of your children talking about how wonderful their dads are. That's great. Uh, That one day a year that that's what your kids are saying. That's fantastic. But this particular Father's Day, I wanted to show something different. I wanted to show something that I think maybe maybe more accurately reflects what fatherhood looks like sometimes. So can we go ahead and roll? Ah, I got a round of applause. Okay. Do you guys remember when Super Bowl commercials were good? I do. That was one of my favorites, the the cat herders from EDS. Uh, I love this video. And to be honest, I think this video is the perfect video to show on Father's Day. For several reasons. First off, I love the cowboy who's just like winding up yarn along the way. (laughs) I don't know why, it just speaks to me. It's just like that captures something about being a dad for me. Like as a dad, the things you didn't think that you would have to figure out. The things that you didn't think, any girl dads in the room that thought they were going to get through life without having their nails painted? Yeah, how's that going for you, right? You didn't think you were going to be in the princess club. And as dads, we didn't know that in addition to just being, you know, a prayer warrior, spiritual leader of our homes, you know, we also have to become so much more. We're backup singers, chauffeurs, bodyguards, coaches, first responders. You wear a lot of hats as a dad, right? That dad hat, it's a combination of pretty much everything you've ever needed, but just on behalf of others, right? On behalf of our families, on behalf of our kids, and our kids so often treat us like cats treat us. I'm not a cat person. Anybody in here a cat person? I, f- I find that kids and cats have a lot in camp- common. That's the second reason I think this video is perfect. Kids are a lot like cats, if you think about it. Every once in a while, your child will be like a dog. 
they'll, you know, have that desire to please and snuggle up and love on you and be cuddly and loyal and all that. But usually kids are more like cats. Cats have a mind of their own, don't they? That's terrifying, but they have a mind of their own. Cats tolerate your existence. Some dads are like, I'm seeing the picture now. Okay, I'm seeing it now. Yeah, see, sometimes our kids, they're lovable, they're cuddly, they break our hearts, it's great. But sometimes they just allow you to live in their world. Sometimes they don't allow you to live in their world, like cats, but they will occasionally just remember where their food comes from and decide to obey anyway, right? Kids are like cats. More than anything, I love this video because I think it shows a little bit of uh, two realities of fatherhood. Fatherhood is a calling, and fatherhood is a challenge, right? Fatherhood is a calling, and it's a challenge at the same time. It's a calling for us. It's a responsibility. It's a mantle placed on us as fathers, a special role with which we are entrusted by God. And despite the craziness of being a dad, I like what the one cowboy said where he's like, I wouldn't want to do nothing else, right? Dads, you kind of identify with this this morning. You know, even when it's going nuts, you're like... I still love it, right? It's, it's a calling on our lives. There's something so special about a father's relationship with his children. It's not just like some buzz or feeling we get from being a dad. There's something weighty, something holy, something sacred about being a father. Dave Buring talks about the importance of fathers in our children's life, and he says this, fathers inherently possess the ability to cast an image of God that reflects their own fathering. The way that men live before their children becomes embedded in the souls and affects the way that those children live their lives. Fatherhood's important. How many of you guys know that? Fathers are important. Dads, we have a calling to lay out and live out the ways of God in the lives of our children as we were looking at with Ephesians chapter 6. We're called to bring our children up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. God says, I'm looking at you, dads. I'm looking at you. You know, the way that we live our lives before our kids, how many of you guys know as dads, that impacts our children massively. It makes a mark on their lives. There is a weight to being a dad. There is a calling. We've looked at it many times. Um, In our culture, we have an issue with fatherlessness, right? And when you look at just the statistics of fatherless families in in our world, It really correlates with just about every negative social trend. Higher levels of incarceration, depression, all this stuff. Fatherhood has a big role to play in the lives of our children. It's a calling. It's a destiny that we step into. And throughout the word, we see that as dads, we're called to step into it. But it's also one where we need a lot of help, right? Any dads like, amen. We need a lot of help as dads. Because it's not easy. It's also a challenge. At the same time as it is, it is a destiny, it is an identity, it's so much that God wants to put in us, it's such a challenge. We can be real about that in church today. I don't think anything can prepare you for the challenge of what being a dad will put in your life. Dad, you could do everything possible to prepare yourself. You could read all the books on fatherhood, and you're still going to have those moments where you're just totally caught off guard by something that comes out of your child's mouth. Any dad had that experience? Like, where in the world did you hear Did your mother teach you that? <laughs> Everything bad that comes out of Ethan's mouth, just look at Lara. It's all Lara, okay? I'm just going to say that today. <laughs> you're still going to have those moments where it's like it just totally catches you off guard. You are not prepared to deal with that. You have those where did you hear that moments as a dad. It's a challenge. 
And we laugh about it, but let's be honest, in 2023, it's a real challenge being a dad. There are things in our kind of cultural moment, unprecedented things that even previous generations cannot teach you how to deal with this, dads. There's a lot going on, the craziness of our world. We can pick a flavor of dysfunction in dads. How are we to step into the breach, right? It's a challenge. New challenges spring up every day for us, and we need to be ready. We need to be ready for the calling. We need to be ready for the challenge of being a dad. I'm getting ahead here, but I just want to say this. When those challenges, we're faced with them, there are things in life that you can't Google your way through. Dads and moms and everybody in the room, there are challenges that we're going to face. We can't Google our way through them. I believe we need to recover the lost art of being the church, to come to each other and mind the truth of God's word together to surround each other, lift each other up in prayer, hold hands and walk through fatherhood together. We need this more than ever, amen? We need to lean on each other because fatherhood is so important and it's so incredibly hard. I want us to take a look at some encouragement from scripture for us because I believe this. God knows all the challenges we face as dads and God has ordained the calling of fatherhood on our lives And I believe that God wants to make us into complete fathers. Complete fathers. I want to look at this in two sides. There's our part of becoming complete fathers, and then there's God's part, right? It's pretty straightforward. We have things that God looks to us to do, and there's other things that there's no way on earth that we could do it for ourselves. we got to lean on him for that. So what part is in our hands to do? John Tyson wrote an incredible book here. I've got it here. It's called The Intentional Father. Uh, And he talks in this book about five kinds of fathers. Five kinds of fathers. He talks about irresponsible fathers, ignorant fathers, inconsistent fathers, involved fathers, and intentional fathers. In case you missed it, he's kind of going from bad to good there. And the first three, they're kind of easy to picture, right? Irresponsible, ignorant, inconsistent, you know, Absentee fathers who aren't there, who left, whatever it may be. The guy who just maybe has no clue, who's an ignorant father, he needs training to be raised up. Sometimes he wants to be a great dad. Sometimes he gets caught up in a bunch of other stuff. Inconsistent fathers, right? We can picture those first three, and and if we're honest, dads, we get distracted pretty easily too. Sometimes. Sometimes we're inconsistent too. But I believe that God wants to move us towards being complete fathers. So I want to take a look at the last two in John Tyson's list of five kinds of fathers, and particularly look at the difference between them. Involved fathers and intentional fathers. Involved fathers are present. They're good dads. John Tyson said, this is your typical good dad. If you imagine, like, what does a good dad do? He goes to all the soccer games. He's involved in this. He he goes to the PTA meetings, that kind of stuff. They're involved. They're doing the stuff. But there's something better yet. He says, this is going from involved to intentional. You know, there's a lot going on with that, right? Involved is good, but there's something better. Intentional. And, And ultimately, you can kind of sum it up by looking at it like this. The difference between involved fathers and intentional fathers is really a change from reactive to proactive. Reactive to proactive. You know, many times as dads, it's easy for us to be reactive, right? Can we be honest in the room this morning? Like, there's a lot of craziness happening in our world. It's easier for us to just react to it all. 
because it comes at us faster than we can keep up with sometimes. It's easy for us to be reactive. Things happen, and we're just trying to stay afloat. We're reacting as it comes. We can be reactive to our world, to all of its chaos. When we find out about something, we react to it. We do damage control with our kids. We try and say, oh, they've been lied to, whatever it is we need to negate that lie. You know, we react also, if we're honest with ourselves, to our own story as dads. I think this is so important. We have a history as fathers. We've been fathered in a way. Maybe we want to change things about the way we were raised, right? Maybe we say, I want to do it better. I want to do it differently than it was done for me. I want to correct the problems of the past. I want to do the things that my dad didn't do. I want to not repeat his mistakes. This is reacting. And I want to say this. That is incredible. That is really good. We need to do those things. But I want to get our wheels turning a little bit this morning. When I say that a lot of this is reactive, I mean that oftentimes we try in our own strength to correct things. We try in our own means to do the things we feel we should do. Should is a difficult word, isn't it? I had a lady in church one time say, Ryan, you need to stop shooting on yourself. And I was like, pardon me? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you're saying should a whole lot. <clears throat> should is hardly ever associated with intention. Usually should is associated with obligation. There's a difference, isn't there? It's associated often with checking a box, but there is something that goes further. Being intentional. Being proactive, not reactive. It goes much further than being the dad we should be. It goes much further than surviving fatherhood and into flourishing as dads. Intention speaks to prayerfully stewarding our children's lives into the future with God's help. Being proactive, being ready for the tough stuff that we know will come as dads. Not just reacting to it. Intention speaks to creating those moments that mark our children's lives, not just being in those moments with them when they show up. Now, to be intentional means not just doing all the things that come naturally to us as dads. Intentional fatherhood comes and goes so much further than our best efforts to faithfully pouring God's best into our kids, God's ways and his word into their lives. You know, so much of fatherhood I feel like is like what Paul says when he says, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect, right? So much of fatherhood is going to take us into things that we're not naturally good at. We've got to lean on God in those moments. Sometimes as dads, we feel an incredible weight of responsibility, obligation. We feel that mantle that we have as dads. And that's why I think Paul says to us, be careful not to exasperate your children. Be careful because we feel that responsibility and it's easy for us to, to react and push our kids. Sometimes we push them too far. Sometimes we push them away because we're tr trying to make sure we do it right. Paul says this to the dads of Ephesus. He says, don't exasperate them. Don't get caught up in that, you know, should life. Give them the good stuff instead. Don't just give them your best. Give them God's best. Pass along God's ways and his teaching, not just your own. Not just the way that you knew it because it was implanted in you. Not just the things you're trying to fix that your dad didn't do great. Here's the reality. When it comes to being fathers the way God wants us to be, complete fathers, we need to lean on God in his ways. Amen? Because there's so many things that we can't control as dads. 
And we like our control as dads. I've shared with you before about the time I, I, my brother visited me when I was living in the UK, and he wanted to go climb a mountain. And so we went and we showed up to this mountain in Scotland with none of the right equipment. Sometimes dads feel like that, right? You're facing this mountain, but you don't feel equipped. I mean, if you asked every dad in the room, what do they feel sometimes in the face of what's going on in our world? Most of them would say unprepared or unequipped. We can be like that in way over our heads. But I'm happy to say the next mountain climbing experiment that I had was earlier this year. And I'm happy to say that Lara is a lot smarter than my brother. She is just so much, so much smarter than my brother. And so when I went to climb a mountain with her this year, we were very well equipped. We were very well prepared. Others on this extremely dangerous trail that we decided to hike and got some raised eyebrows for, they were not as well equipped, but we had all our gear, we had done the homework, we were ready to go. But I learned a different lesson that day on that mountain. Because we might have been all set. We might have done all our homework. How many of you guys know that there are certain things that nothing can prepare you for on the mountain, right? On the mountain of fatherhood, there are certain things that you could have read all the books, you could have done all the work, you could have all the gear, but there are just certain things you can't control. There are certain things beyond your control, and you can't know about them until you're stepping into that moment. I learned that because you can't control the weather, and we happened to be on a very dangerous path, and it was snowing, which was fantastic for us. We had all the gear, though, so we survived. Thank God. Dads, we need to do our part. We need to commit our hearts. We need to be intentional. We need to step into all the ways that God asks us to move with our kids. But we need more than our best intentions, even. We need to lean on something so much stronger as we step into our calling and face the challenges of fatherhood. Because for anybody that's in Christ... Our completion, stepping into the ways he's called us to walk out his ways, it takes more than our best efforts. It has always been not about what we can do, but what he has done for us, right? Amen. Fathers in the room, stepping into this calling, facing those challenges, you need to do your absolute best and then some, but you know what you need to do more than anything is lean on God. Lean on the Lord. Lean on what he's done for you, what he is doing for you, and what he will do for you. This is a reality I want us to grasp on Father's Day. You know, generally speaking, we love well when we've been loved well. We equip well when we've been equipped well. And we father well when we've been fathered well. Every one of us has had a different experience with dads in our lives. You know, some of us have had really wonderful fathers Others have had totally absent fathers, inconsistent, ignorant, whatever fathers, and terrible examples set for us by our fathers. Here's the reality today in our experience with our biological fathers. Even those dads who were good dads, they weren't perfect fathers. They weren't perfect. No father is perfect. Tyson says this, in, in decades of pastoring, he says he has yet to meet a single person who opens up to him in his church that doesn't have some sort of father wound in their life. Everybody walks around with it. Because our dads, even if they're good, they're not perfect. But I want to remind us of something today. Maybe you're hearing this for the very first time. You have a perfect father. You have a perfect father. You may not realize it, but you have a perfect father who cares deeply for you, who equips you, who comes alongside you and protects you. And in every way, your heavenly father is a perfect father for you. You may have never even thought about God in this way. 
or because of your own experience with your biological father, you know, you might have a real hard time with the idea of God as a father. But I can tell you this, it is the heartbeat of God that you get to experience his father heart for you. It is his heartbeat that you can see him come alongside and love you the way a father is supposed to love, to show you the depths of what it means to have a good father. Dave Beering says it like this, our heavenly father wants to reparent us in his love and in his ways. He alone can restore the losses that have impacted our sense of love, acceptance, and worth, as well as our sense of belonging and purpose. We were made to delight in our Father's loving heart, his present heart, his attentive heart, and his giving heart. And God wants you to experience absolutely everything about him as a perfect father for you. What J.I. Packer said is true of you and I as well. He says this, I am graven on the palms of his hands. I am never out of his mind. All my knowledge of him depends on his sustained initiative in knowing me. I know him because he first knew me and continues to know me. He knows me as a friend, as one who loves me. And there is no moment when his eye is off of me or his attention is distracted from me. And no moment, therefore, when his care for me falters. God is perfect in his love for us. He is the perfect father. And he wants us to know him this way. Because when we know him this way, that is where we are equipped to do the work of fathering as well. There are no perfect dads out there, you and I included, but there's good news. We have a perfect father. He's perfect to us, and he wants to give us absolutely everything we need for the calling and the challenges of being a dad in our world by the intimate relationship we can have with him. That's where it's found. Maybe you've heard the saying before, God equips those he calls. Dads, you're called to your children. You're called to your homes. And God wants to equip you for every challenge you will face. There's a calling on your life. But I got to say this to you. The very first calling on your life as a father is a call first to come to God as your father. The very first and most important thing you can do as a dad is to relate to your heavenly father as your dad. I believe this. I believe that God wants to unleash fathers who are wise and joyful and powerful and intentional. But I believe a massive key to this is allowing him to father us, allowing him to meet us where we are as a good father. Because when we experience his unstoppable love, the true love of Father God, his equipping and empowerment in our lives, you know, we're set free to be the kind of fathers he wants us to be who shine in our dark world, fathers who impact generations. It comes when we take the time for God to actually pour that into us. You know, we can't pour out of us what hasn't been poured into us, right? We need to come to him. We need to lean on him first. Amen? Amen. When we do this, his promise is that he'll equip us perfectly for the challenges ahead. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says this, speaking to dads. He says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks you for fish, we'll give him a snake instead. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? 
Jesus consistently paints the picture of our Father in heaven as the one who, who wants to give us everything that we need. That in him we have all that we need for life. You don't have to twist God's arm. He's a good father. He wants to give good gifts to you and me. Whatever thing maybe you feel like you're lacking, or that thing that frustrates you most as a dad, you know, you need to come to him and ask him because he gives freely with a joyful heart. He wants to give you those things. He wants to equip you in those ways. In Luke's version of this same passage, there's a very important difference that happens, and I want us to catch this today. Luke says this, Jesus speaking says, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? There's a difference there. Luke makes it specific. He says God wants to give you everything you need. He wants to give you good gifts, and it happens by the Spirit of God that he puts inside of you when you come to him as a father. The Holy Spirit is the divine enabler in our lives for everything we will face as as followers of Jesus. He equips us for the destiny that God's given to us. Dads, you need to be fathers who walk in the ways of the Spirit of God. You need to be fathers who lean on the Spirit of God to equip you for the things that you're on the mountain and you could not see that coming. We need to lean on him more in those moments. And he wants to give us the Holy Spirit more and more and more. But I want you to catch something today about God equipping us by his Spirit. In Romans chapter 8, Paul refers to the Spirit of God and he calls him the Spirit of Adoption. The spirit of adoption by which we can cry out to God and say, Abba, Father. Abba is that Aramaic word that means daddy. We can come to God like this because he's given us his spirit. We can call to him in intimacy saying, Dad, I need you now. I need you. Like true sons, we can come to him knowing dad's got it all figured out. All I need to do is come to him in this way. I believe this with all my heart. For every dad in this room, the secret to your fatherhood, the secret to you being the best possible dad that you could ever become and then so much more is not actually found in doing all the things you should do as a dad. The secret to your fatherhood is actually found in your sonship. In your sonship. Though it's a heavy burden to be a dad, God the Father wants to embrace you and equip you And that happens in the place of intimacy with him as his son. It doesn't happen by earning it all in our attempts to be perfect or great or know it all or read all the books or be perfectly well prepared. I'm going to point out, think about Jesus in Luke chapter 3 when he's being baptized. The Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove and a voice from heaven says, This is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. You know the amazing thing about that moment with Jesus? He hadn't done anything for God yet in that way. His public ministry had not yet started. God was well pleased with him before he did all the right things. Why? Because that's his son. God was pleased with him in the place of intimacy with him. God was looking at him and saying, you belong to me. You are mine. You know who you are in me. You are a true son, and I am pleased with that. Dads, we need to remember that today because there's a lot of burdens that we carry. But the very best thing that you can realize, the very best thing you can step into about fatherhood is being a son of the king, allowing him to be your father. I believe it with all my heart, the secret to your fatherhood is actually found in your sonship. There are things ahead on our journeys as fathers that are 
going to be beyond our skills, going to be beyond our knowledge and wisdom. And you can't know about them until you're on the mountain. There are things we can't control. Again, we're called to do our best. We're called to live with intention for our families and our children, but we lean on God as our Father, knowing that he's got it figured out when I don't. Amen? Jesus gave us the right to approach God this way. For all who believed in him, says John in chapter 1, he gave the right, the privilege, to become the children of God. We need to embrace our sonship today more than ever before and lean on him as our Father. We need to step into that For dads and for every single one of us in the room today, everything you need for what God has called you to in life and everything you need to face the challenges ahead is found in the place of intimacy with your father. Because he first loved us, we love. Because he is equipping us, we can equip a generation together. Because he's such a good father, we can become the fathers he wants us to be. Amen? Amen. There's a moment when Jesus talks about God, our perfect father, and he says something that makes me uneasy. It probably makes you uneasy as well. Maybe you've come across this in Matthew 5, 48. Jesus is talking about the crazy selfless love that God has that extends even to our enemies and points out that this is how our father loves. And he says this, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. I know the Sermon on the Mount has a lot of verses that challenge us, but that one's got to take the cake, right? Be perfect. Man, if I just stood up in front of you all today and was like, hey, here's my sermon. Be perfect because your heavenly father is perfect. You'd be like, I'm not going back to that church, right? Let's be honest today in church. Sounds like a pretty high bar, right? I want to ask you a question about this. What if Jesus wasn't just setting a high bar, an impossibly high standard for us today in this moment? But what if Jesus was making you and me a promise? See, when he says perfect twice, in this statement. That word teleos in the Greek, it speaks not to perfection as in like no blemishes, no problems, no faults. It speaks to completion. It speaks to being finished. It's, it's related to the word that Jesus cries out from the cross when he says, it is finished. Jesus gives this command to us in the future tense. Be perfect. Be being perfected. But he speaks of our Father in the present tense as already perfect. Think about it. He's saying to you and I, go on into your perfection because your Father's perfect already. And he's saying to us, since you are children of your Father in heaven, he will steadily and continually remake you into his image every day, imprinting his ways on your soul and setting you free from that orphan spirit that we struggle with so often, reminding you that you are a son of the King and setting you free for all the things he's called you to. It's a promise. This statement from Jesus isn't a statement of impossibility. It's an invitation to you and I. It's an invitation to know him, our heavenly father, who is perfect, and let him bring his perfection into our hearts. And it's also an inevitability. For all who belong to the father, because of who he is, we are headed towards perfection. I know that sounds like a bunch of religious mumbo-jumbo today, but think about it. All of Scripture proclaims this to us. The path of the righteous grows ever brighter until the dawning of that day when we're with him in glory, perfected in his presence. Paul uses this same word, teleos, the root verb, when he says in Philippians 1.6, 
A statement full of hope. He says, God who began the good work in you will carry it on to completion in you to the day of Christ Jesus. We're complete in him alone. We're complete in him alone. God, our heavenly father, is the only one who can teach us and lead us to be the kind of complete fathers he wants us to be. And he's the one who equips us for every good work ahead. Jude 24 says this, he is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. We got to do everything that we possibly can. We got to be fathers with intention, but we got to lean on him because our best effort is like filthy rags, right? Our righteousness doesn't cut it. Thank God he is perfect and he wants to come alongside and give us everything we need. We're called to do our part, but God alone completes us, sustains us, and perfects us. And he does it by drawing us back to his heart. He does it by drawing us back and showing us how perfect he is as our father. So let's not settle for anything less. Amen? Let's not get so wrapped up into trying to figure out fatherhood that we miss the reality that God just wants us to come to him. He just wants us to come to him. He wants to give us everything that we need. When the men of God come to the Lord like this, lean on the Lord in this way, you know, God starts to move in pretty special ways. This is a vision. This is a prayer for fathers in our community. I want to just say this to us as a church family. We need to catch a vision for all of our dads knowing who their dad is. Amen? We need to catch a vision and see and pray to see this break out more and more for all the guys in the room and in our homes and in our church family here. So don't you know we're not just called to be biological fathers if we're fathers. We're called to be spiritual fathers as well. We're called to father a generation together and raise them up in the ways of the Lord. Men in the room, you're not here by accident. You have a fathering work to do. You are called to it. If you're part of a church family, you are called to be a father in the house, a spiritual father. We must be intentional because that kind of thing doesn't happen by default, right? What happens by default is people grow up in the church and they leave the church and they don't get equipped and empowered because we're passive, because we don't engage the battle, whatever. But there's a generation that needs the men of God to step up and be fathers in the house. Amen? There's a battle going on for a generation. Dads, we need to lead the way. We need to step in like never before. And we need to be doing that by leaning on God every day. I think there's a reason when Paul gives that instruction to fathers in Ephesians 6, don't exasperate them. Raise them up in God's ways. Teach them God's things. I think there's a reason it's so close to his reminder that we're in a spiritual battle and we need to have our armor on. So the reality is we can't do this in our own strength. What Paul said to them then, we need to hear now. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities. We need to get our armor on because fatherhood is a spiritual battle. And we need to be equipped spiritually for the challenges ahead. We need to stop trying to fight with all our natural strength and in all our natural ways, battles that are not fought in the natural. But we need to depend on God. We need to wholly depend on God. I want to say this as well. Get your armor on, but don't forget your weapons, dads. Don't forget your weapons. We need 
to be on the front foot. Not reactive, but proactive in the way we step into the spiritual battle that is fatherhood. We need our weapons. We need to be in prayer over our kids and over the children of this church. How many of you guys know that prayer changes things? We need to be praying and engaging the next generation here together. And we need to commit to raising them in the training and instruction of the Lord, like Paul says. Paul didn't just tell us this. He modeled it for us. He poured God's ways into his spiritual son, Timothy. He poured God's word into him, and then he reminded him, hey, it's the word that does the work in us. It's God's ways that change us and equip us. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says this, All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Catch this. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Dads, you want to be thoroughly equipped for what's coming? Get in the word. Learn it. Grow in it. Proclaim it over whatever struggle you might be going on in your home. We want to do that together as dads to see a generation equipped as well. Again, we equip the next generation well when we have been well equipped. We love the next generation well when we realize how perfectly we've been loved. We father well when we've been fathered well. Men in the room, we need to step up. We're not here by accident. The word of God wants to equip us. And we equip our children by instilling it in their hearts. So dads, I just want to say to you today, move with all intention. Be proactive, not reactive. Be on the front foot. Get your armor on, but lean on God because there are going to be things ahead for us that we don't have the strength for. We lean on each other and we lean on God. Coming to him as sons because Jesus gave us the right to do so. And we experience his father heart in a fresh way. So we can come, become the fathers he's called us to be. In a minute, we're going to pray. We want to pray over our fathers in the room. And just kind of go and circulate around them and gather and lay hands on them. But before we do that, we're going to have um, just a few moments of worship. And I want to encourage you to do a couple of practical things. Particularly, I'm talking to the dads in the room. There's some practical things I want to encourage you in. And, and if you're not a dad in the room, I want to encourage you as well. The fathers you know, the fathers who you relate to, make space for them to do these kind of things in their lives. Make space for dads to do these kind of things. Number one, dads, we need to lean on each other. We need to lean on each other, not just figuratively, not just like having um, like therapy sessions with each other because you've been through the same things I've been through and your kid's as crazy as my kid or whatever. We need to lean on each other in action. I have a little gift for the dads today, and CJ was talking about it. It goes in your wallet. <laughs> and it's just, it's a little multi-tool. It looks like this. If I can get it out of its sleeve, that is. You ever seen one of these before? It sits in your wallet, and it's got like a knife, a saw, a bottle opener. That is sending the wrong messages to dads. I'm sorry about that. But um, <laughs> I want to give this to you, not, not because it's such an amazing multi-tool, but I want it to be a symbol for you that every time you open your wallet and see that, that we remember that the church is going to be an equipping factory for us as dads. It's going to be the place where we get the tools that we need because together we're leaning on God and leaning on one another. You guys know that's what it means to be the church together. Dads, we need each other in this generation. I also want to say this to you. Um, we have something that we used to do, and we're going to start doing it again at 9.30 on Sundays before service. It's just simply called Fathers Together. It's time for us as dads to meet together in the hospitality room, pray with one another, 
share with one another. And it's not just about encouraging each other again, but being real about the challenges we're facing and bringing each other's needs before our Heavenly Father because we know He has what we need. Amen? Amen. So I want to encourage you, if if you're going through things as a dad, or maybe you're just saying, I want to step into this calling well, uh, come join us at 930 on a Sunday. You know, I know we get here a little bit earlier, but it'll enrich your life. It'll enrich your your ability to sow into your kids as well. Finally, as we lean on each other, I want to say, I referenced this book, The Intentional Father by John Tyson today. It's a book that's years in the making. I've been watching as he's put together things for fathers coming out of his own journey as a dad. And it's not like a collection of thoughts or theories on do this when this happens. What it is is a a pathway. It's written for dads so that they can actually apply it to their lives, discover, go deep with the Lord and how he's created them in their own experiences and lay a new path for their sons and daughters to follow. The intentional father. I want to make you an offer, dads. And it involves work. But I'll put one of these in your hands, and I'll make time to meet with you regularly if you want to commit to that kind of thing. I want to say this, it's it's especially written for kids who are reaching their formative years. I used to think that's like 11, 12. It's like 8 now. But if you've got kids who are in those ages and you're like, they're asking these kind of questions, that kind of thing, we need to be intentional fathers. We need to do it together. And if you want to go and do really well through that time, this book will take you on a journey into your own heart and into God's heart first so that you can lay a pathway for your children. Um, so come and find me if that is of interest to you. I would love, love. It's one of the things that is a joy as a, as a pastor. And I want to say this, it's not because I have all the right answers for you. That's not what it's about. But I believe that there is power in being together for our kids. Amen? There's power when we come together for our next generation. I believe what Jesus says, we can simply come and ask him together for everything we need. Amen? So in in some way, go on this journey. In some way, dads, start to lean on each other more. I want to encourage you in that. And maybe reading a book is a bit too intense for you. Um, We're going all in around here. We like to do intense things. But if you want to just dip a toe in and hear a little bit more, be encouraged a little bit more, you can check out the Intentional Family podcast that John Tyson does with Jeff Bethke. There's loads of great stuff in there for moms and dads. Things to think about. Things that will get you moving from reactive to proactive. So if you've got to drive to work or whatever and you want to just say, Lord, I want to, I want to grow in this as a dad. I want to grow in this even as a mom. Maybe find that podcast, The Intentional Family, and let it speak to you. Let it challenge you. And again, if things get stirred up and you, you want to talk about them, you want to grow in them, come find us. We want to do this well for our next generation. Amen? Lean on each other and lean on the Lord. Lean on the Lord together. Remember what James 1 says. There will be challenges. There will be trials ahead. God calls all of us to a life that is a full life. That doesn't mean it's always an easy life, right? Fatherhood is so fulfilling and at the same time so challenging. So press on and press in, even when you're stepping into the unknown, even when you're stepping into those hard moments that nothing can equip you for. God says, when I am with you in the fire, I will equip you. I will be with you and it won't sweep over you, right? So I want you to rediscover the Father heart of God. Come back to his heart. Lean on him for all the unknowns. He wants to give you everything you need, the wisdom that you need, and he is the perfect father for you. Every single day, he wants to help make you into the complete father you want to be. 
Just come to him. Just come to him. Maybe you're here today and you've never heard anybody talk about God in this way as a father. The word of God tells us that he knows everything about us. That he loved us even before we were born. That he loved us when we were at our worst. That he has purposed to adopt us into his family and made that possible for us by what Christ Jesus has done. And that his love for you and me will never, ever end. He's a perfect father. And if you're here today, you haven't experienced that, or maybe you just want to experience that in a fresh way, I want to encourage you, just lift up your hand. I know that people are still looking around, but if you want to experience the love of God and you want to say, sometimes we need to take a step publicly to say, God, I'm in for that. So if you're here today and you're saying, God, I just want to experience you as father more, would you raise your hand? I want to know who I'm praying for. Amen. 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 If you're here today, and particularly if you're a father today and you feel like maybe you've blown it or maybe you've screwed something up along the way, I want to pray for you as well. See, no matter how and no matter how much maybe we've blown it along the way, I want you to know something. Your heavenly father isn't looking to beat you over the head for all the times you got it wrong. He just wants you to come to him again and be his child again to come back home where you're loved and known, where he can help you along that journey. I love the image that Jesus paints of God our Father in Luke 15, the prodigal son. N.T. Wright calls it the parable of the running father. His son was far away, had blown it so many times, had failed so miserably. God wasn't, the father in the story wasn't just sitting there like waiting for him to come back so he could punish him, throw him in prison, strip him of all of his authority. He went running after him to love on him. He was waiting eagerly for his son to come to his senses and come home. So no matter how we maybe have screwed some things up as dads, I I want you to know God just wants you to come back and let him be your father today. Let him tell you that he knows absolutely everything, that he's endured the same things. And let him equip you. Let him restore you. Let him bring healing into your heart for the things that maybe you've struggled with. Maybe you've been here and you've been walking around with wounds from a father figure in your life. And today can be a a day of healing for you as well. When you look for perfection, it can only be found in one place. Amen? Amen. I say this, your heavenly father will not disappoint you. If you come to him like this, he will not disappoint you. I want to invite you. That's what's on your heart. Let's just bow our heads and come to him. I just want to pray over you for a moment. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage the dads. I want to encourage every one of us because we have a perfect heavenly father. So don't shy away if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about something this morning. If something about this has struck a chord in you, maybe touched a broken place or a place you feel like you've fallen short, don't hold back. Even as we worship, listen to the Holy Spirit. Respond. Listen as he's calling you and saying, come on, I've got freedom ahead for you. Come on, let's experience some healing today. Let's leave some things behind today. I believe God wants to do something. So as we close our service and worship in a moment, we're going to pray over all the dads. But if that's where you're at today, again, I just want you to raise your hand. If you've got some some things that the Holy Spirit's speaking to you about, whether that's a broken place in your life, whether that's an area of failure, again, would you just raise your hands? I just want to pray over you. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you that we can love because you first loved us so perfectly. 
Thank you, God, that you will never, ever, ever stop chasing us down with your unstoppable love. That you are that perfect father in the story. That even when we've messed up or even when we've got broken places, even when we feel ashamed and want to hide those things, you are always looking out for us. You are always seeking us with your love. You are always running to us to bring us back to your heart and to our home with you where we are known, where we are loved, where we can be restored. Thank you, God, that you will complete every single one of us in you, that you began a good work in us and you will carry it on until it is perfected in us. Lord, I pray, even as we look at the challenges of being a dad, the calling of being a dad, that mantle, the weight of it, Lord, I pray that you would help every single father in the room to know that the first and most important thing is that we know our Father in heaven that we come to him as his true sons. We let him tell us who we are. And that holds the key for us being able to father well, to love well, to equip well. Lord, I pray that you would cement this in our hearts. I pray that as we go from this place and engage our children, our families, and this church family, Lord, that every single man in this place would rise up with intention to father a generation together. Lord, we want to see it. We want to see a generation on fire for you. We want to see revival break out in this place. And we want to lead the way as fathers. So Father, empower us today. Come alongside. Rework anything in us, Lord. Deliver anybody in this place who has something that, that is so, just holding them back, Lord. Set them free. Set us all free, God, so that we can move in freedom with you. For freedom, you've set us free, Lord. We want to step into the destiny, the calling you have on us. In Jesus' name. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave us a review. It helps others find this content. If you want to connect with us, head over to social media or go to wordofgracechurch.com.